Oh, do we need to say anything? <laughs> oh, it's just a little clump. What they call it? Proclump is the word they call it. Okay. But anyway, my message for today is about forgiveness. And but first, I always start out with the power. The power that we focus on for this month is our power of understanding. And understanding is the power to comprehend and interpret knowledge, make cognitive connections. And hopefully today we can make some cognitive connections about some things that we need to maybe work on in our spare time. The location of understanding is the front forebrain and it's also the seat. And if you remember that in, Gen- in Genesis when Moses went up on the mountain, he took his shoes off, and that's because the seed is also a center for understanding. And as my old mentor used to say when it's at Housing, understanding gives our spiritual activity something to stand on. And according to Charles Fillmore, the seed represents a phase of understanding that connects us with the outer or manifest world and reveals the right relationship toward worldly conditions in general. The disciple, and we know that we have a disciple that goes along with each one, is Thomas, famously known as Doubting Thomas. Anybody have a Doubting Thomas in your life? And he represents the faculty of understanding. Thomas didn't always exhibit spiritual understanding, but he was willing to learn, and he's probably best known for doubting the news of the resurrection. To the point where Jesus said, well, I don't have anything to hide. Put your hand in the wound. Put your hand on my hand. Feel the wound. And at that point, Thomas instantly understood. And he knew what had happened and what it was all about. So your theme for this month is embrace forgiveness. And when I saw that theme... I went through all my books on forgiveness, and I have a lot of them because I have a lot of forgiveness to do, I think. All of us do. You know, somebody cuts you off in traffic, that's a, that's a minor example, but you need to forgive them. Okay, you don't know what's going on in your life, so let's forgive them. So I've viewed all these books that I have, and all of them talk about the many benefits of engaging in a program of forgiveness. Mental, spiritual, emotional, and it even has implications for our prosperity because if you're holding something against someone, you are not free to receive the goodness of God. You're not free to receive your good completely. So many of us participate in exercises to forgive other people and situations. And we spend a good deal of time, as I did this past month, reading about and participating in spiritual practices of forgiving other people and situations that we may encounter along the way. But how often do we extend this practice to ourselves? Who gets beat up the worst? We do. Okay? I can forgive you for cutting me off in traffic. I can forgive you for all kinds of, of acts that I may judge as being unforgiven. But the person that I really have the hardest time with, and I suspect that most of us do, is forgiving ourselves. We have a hard time forgiving ourselves. So how do we deal with feelings of guilt and self-recrimination 
stemming from a failure to forgive ourselves. Well, that's what we're going to talk about here today. And we have to understand, too, that no program of forgiveness is effective if you don't forgive yourself. It's not going to be 100% effective. So we don't want to forgive 80% or 70% or 75%. We want 100%. And it's hard. It takes a lot of work. So from Philippians 3, 13 to 15, But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So who bears the brunt of our our unforgiveness? We do. Now, there was a minister, some of you may be familiar with uh, this minister, and I've gotten many a side eye for even talking about him. But um, Dr. Frederick Piker and Coder. Anybody know who that is? That's Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike was this flamboyant preacher, and he was from Harlem, and he traveled around to different places, and he was what you might call one of the first proponents of the prosperity gospel. Now, people talk about that sometimes like it's a dirty thing. But I never think that anything that has to do with my well-being is dirty or or unacceptable. But Reverend Ike said, and he was very flamboyant, and one of his messages he used to use was, one of the uh, things that he used to use was, you can't lose the stuff I use. And what he was talking about was he was using spiritual principles. And he would say that all the time. You can't lose with the stuff I use. We can't lose with the stuff we use. And that's why we wonder why unity is not bigger than what it is, because these principles change lives. But we have to let them change our life. They don't just come in and say, okay, it's time for me to change your life over here. No, we put forth some effort, and it's not always easy. Reverend Ike says that many people hold a grudge against someone or something deep in their heart. People keep things against themselves. People may pray for years asking God to forgive them for things they were involved in or did years before. They have their past mistakes against them, affecting the rest of their lives. Some of us made one mistake, one mistake, a long time ago and feel guilty about it. Maybe you have loved ones who have passed on. And all that, though you did everything you could to help them in your hearts and minds, you're still worrying. I have several relatives that I was involved in their care when they were still alive. And uh, one was, I was very close to her because, well, at this point, there was really nobody else around to care for her. And I loved her and I took that on. But then sometimes I wonder, well, did I do enough? And then at the very end, before she made her transition, along comes COVID. And I couldn't even go to see her. And I felt bad about that. They would call, let us talk to them on FaceTime, you know, iPhone, FaceTime. And uh, I got to talk to her that way. But, you know, I just kept feeling that that was not enough. And she actually made her transition. And sometimes I still wonder, did I do enough for her? 
And we all have that at times. And in wondering if you did everything that you could, you could get to the point, and we hope it doesn't get this deep, that you can create a guilt complex. And guilt complex always brings punishment. A guilt complex compels and draws punishment. Some think that the punishment comes from God. Now, I've come to understand, and probably many of you have too, that God does not punish. We punish ourselves. God doesn't know anything about punishment. God doesn't know anything about forgiveness. God doesn't know anything about any of those things. God of Spirit is all about love. And we said that earlier this morning. The God who punishes is the man in the sky God. You know, the one with the long beard and is just waiting for you to step out of line. I saw um, advertisements this morning, and it had the, a picture of Jesus peeking out from the door. I'm watching you. You know, and people think that God is always watching me. You know, I better stay in line. Or have you ever said to someone, I don't do it anymore, but I used to say, God's going to get you for that. You ever had somebody tell you that? You know, I don't say that anymore. God's not going to get you for that. God doesn't know anything about these things we talk, talk about. And that's because when you do that, you're giving God human qualities, what they call an anthropomorphic God. And he doesn't know anything, or God the Spirit knows nothing about that. One time on, when I was watching Oprah, uh, one of her audience members, was questioning whether or not to stay with someone who was abusive towards her. And she was giving her excuses, well, you know, we're married in the eyes of God, and, you know, God won't like it if I leave this person. And Oprah said, God has nothing to do with that. You think a loving God wants you to stay in an abusive relationship? You know, God doesn't have anything to do with those things. God doesn't know anything about forgiveness. So who are we holding responsible for holding ourselves? And this brings the need for self-forgiveness. Now, someone who fails to forgive him or herself may think that God does not forgive him. Again, God doesn't know anything about that. Feeling that God is not forgiven is a sure sign that you have not forgiven yourself. Man's failure to forgive himself can create a guilt complex. And holding a guilt complex can contribute to mental illness. Now, we hope it doesn't get that far. And I'm not a psychologist, but, you know, these things do happen. And people who are knowledgeable in the field will tell you that. Some people have a habit of persecuting themselves, saying, Oh, why did I do that? Oh, why did I do this? I am a sinner in the hands of an angry God. Remember that Jonathan Edwards back in the Puritan times? Sinners in the hands of an angry God? That's a scary God. God is not that. God is love. Okay, they have their past mistakes against them, and it affects the rest of their lives. So self-persecution can bring self-depreciation, self-rejection, and what is called spiritual disease. Now, this is where the night got me. Apologizing to God and saying, 
Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. He says that the only thing you do about past mistakes is to forgive yourself. And in forgiving yourself, you are free. And just as we cannot stop change from occurring, remember that conversation we had a while back? You can't stop change from happening. You can't uh, do anything when you don't forgive yourself. You have to go forward and understand that nothing's going to change and me getting down on my knees every morning and saying, God, forgive me, oh, please forgive me. You know, I think God, if God were a person and were to forgive us, I think he'd rather us spend our time doing something more pleasant, don't you, than that? So if God were in the forgiveness business, he would require self-forgiveness before forgiving you. Because like I said, God doesn't know anything about those kind of things. God knows only love. So to be what you want to be, to do what you want to do, and to have what you want to have requires looking to the God within. Your divine self will supply the power to stop dwelling on the negative things. It will provide freedom from any guilt complex and start bringing the good desires of the heart into manifestation. And Christina Rossetti says, Better by far that you should forget and smile than you should remember and be sad. Now, as always, I do have a personal experience with this. Uh, it occurred right here in this room. And I'm beginning to think, this is a magical place. This is good for my spiritual growth, even though at the time I didn't like the experience. It was when um, David MacArthur was here, and he was talking about heart math. You know, we were in a group, and we were doing this exercise, and I was talking to my partner, and I don't particularly like group work, and when kids in school would ask me, would do group work, and they'd say, do I have to? And I said, yes, I wish you would. You know, but it can be beneficial if we do it. And we were talking about, um, you know, we were relating incidents back and forth and things that had happened. And I related an incident from my past in which someone close to me had done something that I judged unforgivable. And after relating my story, my partner said to me, quietly and sincerely, she didn't hit me over the head, but she probably should have, she said, looks like you have some work to do. And I said, yeah, I do. And she could tell from my body language and the tone of my voice that I had not forgiven this person. Moreover, I had not forgiven myself for my reaction to the event. And I had discovered yet another layer that needed work. See, we think sometimes that this business is, you know, do it once and that's it. Okay. Time to get up and go downtown. Time to go shopping. No, no, no. That's not it. We have layers. We work on layers of these things. And sometimes you think that something you have, you're done with, will come back and slap you in the face. Just like it did that day. So I set about doing what I needed to do to forgive the situation. And I don't want to say that I'm completely done with it. I wish I could say that. 
but you know these things come up and it's difficult. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not. So what do we do? We work and work and work until we get it. So I thank my partner for having brought this to my attention. Not right away, but a few weeks later I said, do you remember that? We were in that group over at the hard math workshop at Unity Westlake. And she said, yeah. And I've also discovered, too, that people have been here that I didn't know were here. I was with a group of people the other day, and I was talking about uh, Panastasai or somebody that we've had here. I was there. And then the other person said, I was there, too. I didn't see you. I didn't see you either. Same thing with Michael Beckwith and some of these other people that you have had here. So this has been a wonderful place for my spirit to grow. New people, listen. It would be wonderful for you, too. So anyway, I entitled my message, Forgive Yourself, Too. Because we can forgive everybody. You know, I forgive this whole room. I forgive everybody in here. But why am I feeling that way? So I'm feeling guilty, which means that I haven't forgiven myself. So my message is, forgive, but forgive yourself, too. It won't be complete until it is done if you do not forgive yourself. So my um, spiritual practice for this week is to, in your time of prayer and meditation, and meditation is not always sitting down. You can be walking in meditation. And things come up. Sometimes we dream things. And we say to ourselves, well, I didn't know this was still a challenge for me. So in your time this week, you know, after you've done, done all these exercises, I know I've done a million of them, writing and praying. And Charles Fillmore says, and I don't do that anymore, but Charles Fillmore says, spend 30 minutes every night going through your mind to see who you forgive. Who you need to forgive and go about doing that. So this week, in your time of prayer and meditation, scan. Okay, look at your at yourself and see if there's anything, anything or anyone that you haven't forgiven. And even better, is there anything you haven't forgiven yourself for? Because that's the only way it's going to be complete. Is that you forgive yourself. So, my friends, let's do this. Um, you know, we're not extending card blanks to everybody. We're going to focus on ourselves. What do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? And also, you're going to find that, as I said before, that there are implications for your prosperity. Too. So, Let's do that this week, and let's see what happens as a result. And thank you very much for listening this morning, and I'm